Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Good morning. How are we doing? I hope you all are getting excited. It, it's coming around the corner. Christmas is almost here. <laughs> oh, man. We... Um, uh, I I just I just I love Christmas. It's absolutely my favorite holiday. Um, uh, I know some people their favorite holiday is their birthday, but no, I just love Christmas more than anything. I'll take Christmas more than my birthday any day. Um, and it's just it's such a fun time of the year. Um, and but I know that it can be stressful. I know that it can be uh, hard on some people. I know that there's uh, bad memories for certain. Uh, others and things of that nature in this uh, time of year. Um, but I, I pray that you press into the true meaning of Christmas. I pray that you press into whether um, you have good memories or bad memories, whether you uh, are going through a hard time, or you're going through a great time, or you're ha- having anxiety of getting the right present for the kids and all that other kind of mess. I, I pray that we really press in as we are been doing this soap and uh, and doing so much more, I pray we really, really press into what the true meaning of why we celebrate uh, who we are celebrating. Uh, and it's the birth of our Savior. And it's the birth of the one that sets us free. It's the birth of the one that we have hope, uh, that we have life, that we have uh, love, that we have grace and mercy from, uh, regardless of everything. So um, so with that, let's start this morning uh, in some prayer, and then we're going to jump into the word. We are in, we are doing chapter two of Luke, and uh, today's section of chapter two is um, verses eight to 12. I'm going to try to keep it within there uh, and not go into tomorrow's um, 13 to 20 uh, section. You know, it's so hard because it's still like all one story, but um but there's some good nuggets in this 8 through 12. So let's pray and then let's get into the word and see uh, what God is talking about with us uh, this Christmas season. Lord, we just thank you this morning for um, just being able to get up, read your word, and and do this together on this platform. Lord, I just pray that uh, you just be with all of our hearts and our minds. Uh, Whatever um, we're focusing on with whatever we're trying to um, anxiously and frantically get ready um, and do, may we remind ourselves that it's all to celebrate you. That yes, we want to get the right present for the kids and we want to um, make Christmas the best it can for other people and even for ourselves. Uh, and Laura, I just pray that you be in those in, uh, that are hurting uh, during this time that also don't have good memories, uh, don't have um, aren't having a great time, and also those that are sick. Lord, I just pray that you be with all of us, um, and no matter what is going on, that you refocus our eyes, refocus our hearts uh, back onto you, and realize exactly who the meaning of this season is all about, and that is your son, Jesus, in which we pray all these things, and I surrender myself to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on. All right. 
Yeah, no double dipping. <laughs> I won't, Doug. I won't. All right. <clears throat> Starting, I'm reading out of the NLT. Um as I have been recently. So starting in verse eight, uh, Luke chapter two, again, verse eight, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an an angel of the Lord, I'll explain why that's important. Uh, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news and that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. That's our section today in the word of the Lord. And so what are we seeing out of this? Um, The very beginning, uh, right there in verse 8, that night there were shepherds staying in the field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. This is ridiculously symbolic and on so many levels that they come to shepherds. We see a couple things. One, um, in just culture of this time, shepherds are the lowly of the lowly. They are the dirty of the dirty. Um, definitely, if Mike Rowe was back then, he would have done a Dirty Jobs episode on the shepherds and probably would have been number one or at least in the top 10 dirtiest jobs of the day. You could see Mike Rowe just like, learning all of the nastiness of what it is to be a shepherd because it's not just how we picture paint it with you're just in this nice robe with a cane and these sheep are following you and they're all pretty and white like they're gross they're nasty they're he's probably have to clean poop off the back of all of their wool that gets stuck on them and like I really want you to see how nasty this is because it's that lowly of a job it's that despicable. It's like if you, you know, if you can't find a job and you can't even be a shepherd, it's really bad for you. Like it's it's really bad if you can't even at least be a shepherd because shepherds are that low. But here's the thing. If we really think back, some great iconic men of the Bible were shepherds before Jesus. All the way back to Adam. We don't really see the word shepherd being told to Adam, but think about it. Adam was told to name all of the animals that God had created, and then he was given dominion over them as a symbol of one, we are to have dominion over the earth. Yes, but the other part is, isn't that what a shepherd is doing? A shepherd is having dominion, control, and care over his flock. Moving on, Adam and Eve's children, Cain and Abel. Um, Unfortunately, Abel didn't make it, but Abel was a shepherd. Abel brought his offering to the Lord that was accepted, and Cain was not too happy. And so Cain killed him. But what was going on was Abel was a shepherd. 
Abel brought the first of his flock, the best of what he had to the Lord as an offering versus Cain just sitting there and giving whatever crops he had left. We see shepherds from the very beginning. We see an iconic shepherd of Moses as well, not even tending to his own flock, but tending to his father-in-law's flock when he comes across the burning bush. We also see that Abraham had tons and tons of animals himself. And then when he had to go sacrifice Isaac, just before he was about to be obedient and pass the test, the Lord stopped him and gave him a ram to actually perform the sacrifice. We see so much more, and it continues going on, that even King David, when he was called upon and anointed to be king one day, he was out in the fields, forgotten about by his own family, but his own father, his father brought all of his sons around except David because David was to be the shepherd out there over the flock. And when they came to anoint the king, they couldn't find him because he was attending to the flock. And of course, from the line of David, we have Christ coming. We have Christ being born to Mary and Joseph both of which are from the line of David as well. And Jesus is to be our great shepherd. The lowliest of low job, the, the job that nobody wants, the job that's nasty and icky and having to just clean up the mess and keep the sheep together. Isn't that what God does for us? Isn't that what Jesus come, came to do? Is clean up our mess and try to keep us together. And he's done it so well. We see that shepherds are just a, an iconic job, profession, task and duty that the Lord has used for so much in his word to give us this idea of tending to the flock, leaving the 99 to go after the one, and so many other examples that he's tending to us, caring for us, willing to put us on his shoulders and bring us home back to his flock, back to his care. And so it's so fitting that the angels come, and to whom do they actually preach a gospel message to? Because in, the, in there, it says they preach the gospel. I bring you good news, which is the meaning of gospel. In Greek, that's what it would be. I bring you the gospel that will bring great joy to all people. These angels are doing the one time telling the gospel of Jesus Christ, coming for us all, the Savior of the world. But now that angelic message is passed to us 
as Christ followers and the church to continue to spread all throughout the world. But we are to shepherd it as well. We are to shepherd each other. We are to shepherd the message. We are to shepherd our own lives. We are to take care of us. We are to get dirty, get grimy, get together and be able to lift each other up take the grime off of each other and clean each other up, make sure that we don't go astray. That's what the church is to do. That's what we're here to do is to hold each other accountable. Go leave the 99, go after the one, build the kingdom and continue to get gritty with each other all through the Holy Spirit that lives within us. And we get to do all of this fun stuff we get to get messy with each other's lives by uh, having community, having communion, having uh, fellowship with one another, uh, discipling, lifting up, basically to shepherd each other because that's what God has designed for all of us as the church. May we shepherd each other. That's what I'm seeing in this for us today is that aren't the angels still trying to tell us keep shepherding each other because Christ is here. Christ still lives. That's the great thing. Yes, he came to die for our sins, but he rose and he still lives. Our great shepherd is there. So suddenly an angel an angel of the Lord. I say why that is important because uh, in the Old Testament, you've heard me talk about this, where it says the angel of the Lord um, in, in, of course, Old Testament Hebrew, uh, there's very specifics in there and why they write the angel of the Lord versus an angel or a angel or whatever, just saying any of the angels versus the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is basically a Christophany saying that that is uh, Christ um, being acted out before coming to uh, being born as a man. But here it's an angel. This one isn't named. We're not sure because we know Gabriel was uh, came and talked to Mary and Joseph and <clears throat> but this is clearly an angel on higher esteem that is coming to the shepherds to give this news. Now, it's always kind of surprising as to why is this terrifying? And I really was thinking about this, like, why, if this is the Lord, this is an angel, which we are always depicted, right? We look at old paintings of um, you know, the Renaissance and medieval times and all these other, uh, you know, older paintings that we would see of depicting angels coming and bringing the message of God. And it's this bright, beautiful light. And it's this beautiful angel with wings. And it's like, man, if that's how it looks, why is that terrifying? Why is that terrifying? I don't think the paintings get it right. I don't think the the depictions or the drawings or whatever that we see for the most part of this beautiful 
manicured looking person with wings. I don't think that it's actually looking like that. I think the awesomeness and power of the just the glory of God, not even God himself, but just the glory of him shining around these angels is so supernatural, so unreal, so unlike anything we can even depict that it's just absolutely mind-blowing. Like it's it's something that there's there literally is no way to fully describe it. And then our souls absolutely know the truth when that is revealed. Our souls are terrified because of the sin nature in which we live in. And our souls go, oh, crap. This is not good. (laughs) Because all have fallen short of the glory of God, right? And now the glory of God is just shining around these angels, shining around. So it's like whenever anybody is coming close or near the glory, the immense presence of God, it's like a soul awakening moment. I think that's where the fear comes from. The fear is almost like this, oh no, is is this my judgment almost? And the angel says, fear not. I've got a different message for you. I have a message not of judgment. Now it doesn't say that, but I have a good news message for you. I have a message of great joy, and not just for you, Israel, but for all people, for all people. See, this is also an area that gets tripped up. And this has been tripped up since the beginning of the Old Testament, that God's heart has always been for all people. His heart has always been for all people. The purpose of choosing the nation of Israel to be the example is exactly that, to be the example for all people. To bring them in, to understand the true God, to let them know I am here and I love you and I want to have a relationship with you. God wants all people to come to know him as father. This has been the beginning. And this is like where it gets so ugly sometimes because we muck it up and we, you know, we we have all of this bad intention uh, sometimes in our fleshly desire where in uh, in different theologies have gotten to where a point where it's like, no, God only chooses so, certain special people and doesn't care for all of us, only cares for some of us. And this is not true. He cares. His desire is for all mankind to come to him, for all to hear the gospel, for all to be saved, for all to believe in his son, Jesus, that Are you telling me that Jesus' blood was only good enough for some of us? 
No, my God is so great that his blood is for all mankind, for all time, that he is that powerful. He's for everyone. So if you have somebody out there telling you or you think for some weird, evil lie from the pit of hell that you're not good enough of salvation, you're wrong. You're wrong. God came to bring great joy to all people. Yeah. Even the people that somebody may say, you're, you're not living right. You're not doing this right. You're not doing that right. He came to love and give salvation to all people that would turn and repent and love him and focus on him and go through just journeying and trying to have a relationship with him and grow in their understanding and allow his word to renew your mind. He came for all people. We do this nasty thing where we think is for some people because what we do is we like to label. We like to box people in. We want to put people in certain little bundles over here. And what that does is, unfortunately, is when we put labels on groups of people, guess what? You can dehumanize those groups. You can glorify certain groups because they're doing X, Y, Z, and then we can de-glorify certain ones, and then we can almost make them sub or not human. And we see this throughout the course of history where labels have just been able to be used as a weapon to dehumanize people so that evil atrocities could happen. It happens so much, and it's like, no, all people Christ came for. Take the labels away. Everybody has a soul that God wants to have a relationship with. And he sent his only son and telling the lowliest of the lowly, the labeled people back then were the dirty, nasty shepherds that people probably thought were subhuman. That they were just to do the, the job nobody wanted. They had the label to dehumanize them. To make them whatever else. But God's angels came to that group. And said, guess what? I bring you good news. That salvation for everybody everybody we see god's love coming through he's the savior he is the messiah he is the lord he is being born today in bethlehem the city of david so much of prophecy being fulfilled so much of just ridiculous amounts of prophecy from Old Testament that was tried to push under the rug, that was tried to get rid of or ignore by Pharisees in so many different ways. And to even today, even today that some people try to ignore or come up with stories to talk things away 
to say that the Messiah was not the Messiah. The amount of prophecy in which was completed just in Jesus' birth alone. And last time I checked, you or I, we couldn't control how or when we were born. That's God's job. So this is why we celebrate this, because of the miraculousness in which God is fulfilling his promises. God is fulfilling his promises with so many clues. It's not just the fact that he was born in Bethlehem, which was prophesied. He's not just the fact that he was born in the line of David that was prophesied. It's the fact that look at how many promises I'm giving you and how many times I'm going to fulfill them. I fulfill them all. I fulfill them all. I fulfill them all in just one act of this Son of mine, being born. And you will find the baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And so this was, this was noted twice in here. But there's something about this is that, this, so there's a couple theories on the whole, why was this noted twice? This is normal. This is not uh, a, a practice that um, you wouldn't do. Normally, they don't swaddle babies after they're born. They're just like lay there or something like, uh, of course, no, this was still normal practice that you would swaddle a baby. So there was always this kind of why if that was so normal, why would it be brought up in scripture? It's because one, there's a couple things. One, it's to emphasize and show God's love for us from the very moment, from the very beginning that he's going to swaddle us and take care of us just like as he does with his son. But the bigger part is in, there's a lot of uh, where they want to look at the Greek and seeing how this works out. And then uh, NLT really says it where it's snuggled in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Now these strips of cloth would have normally been, um, used in uh, Jews would normally walk around having strips of cloth with them when they go on long road trips. Um, Why would they have that? Because if they were to move like a dead animal off the road or, or have to touch anything that they shouldn't technically be touching due to Levitical law, um, they didn't want to break the law. And, uh, and even if you did, you were just unclean for seven days, had to go through um, a purity ritual and all this and stuff. And it's just like, like, Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to even do that. All right. I don't want to like go through the unclean stuff and deal with all that. And it's just a pain. So let me just, okay. How do I not touch something, but have to handle it at the same time. It's basically in, in a way they're rubber gloves, right? And we would just put on medical rubber gloves if you don't want to touch something, but there, they're just like, Oh, I've got strips of cloth and I'm, I'm not touching it skin to skin so uh, I kind of get around it and they just use this strips of cloth and it's usually to touch or move dead things these are also cloths that would normally be used to, to wrap for burial for burial 
And so in a, another prophetic way, he's being marked for bearing. He's being marked for burial. We see that God is not only fulfilling prophecy, but even giving more in the same sense. That they would wrap him when he's born, just as they would wrap him when they laid him in the tomb. He came for a purpose. He came for all of us. He came to be the savior of the world in which he is, in which he's done for all mankind. So because of that, because of how great he is, because of the salvation in which we have, and because of him setting up the church, the fellowship in which we all communicate and have together. May we be the shepherds. May we shepherd each other this season. May we lift each other up when we're down. May we pray for each other when we're sick. May we rejoice and celebrate together as we celebrate the Savior of the world. May we focus our eyes on each other and on Christ this Christmas season. Don't let anything else get in the way of that. Be the example as well as you shepherd your children, your grandchildren, your friends, and your family as well. Through as what as being that example of keeping Christ first on your mind this Christmas season, regardless of what's going on. I pray you all have a very Merry Christmas as we get through this season and have a great time celebrating. If you need prayer for whatever is going on, maybe you're um, just having a hard time with memories or a bad situation, please reach out to us. Please reach out to myself. Um, We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to sit down with you. We want Christmas to be a happy time and a time that we focus on the one that loves us all. Let's pray. Lord, we just we just come to you and we just thank you. We thank you for all that you are and all that you do. So much of your promises that you have already fulfilled and we see it in the birth of just your son right here. Your promises are yes and amen. May we hold fast to the promises that you've also told us. May we hold fast to the promises that you've spoken over us as well. Because if you can make all of this happen so perfectly and meet all of your previous promises here, we know that you can do all of it. You've called us into your flock. You have called us in uh, to your kingdom, Lord. And we just pray that you continue to just be with us. Be, help us be the light and be the salt for you. Help us also give out the good news of your son that we celebrate his birth now and that birth with a purpose for all mankind. Lord, I just pray a blessing over everybody on this call and everybody that is watching and listening later on. 
I pray that you be with them. If they're going through a hard time or their anxiety is high or um, memories are hurting and painful um, experiences in the past, or maybe they're sick, maybe they're they're hurting and, and whatever the situation is, Lord, I pray for your hand of comfort over people. I pray for your hand of peace. Maybe there's tough decisions in certain families that need to go on, and I pray for your hand of wisdom and discernment over them. Lord, I just pray that your presence be magnified in this season, that more people come to know you as their Savior, come to know the truth that you are Lord of all in this Christmas season, because you are the greatest gift of all. And we pray all this in your son's name. Amen and amen. Have a great one, everyone. I'll see you next Thursday. And we're going to have a great time this Christmas season. So uh, can't wait for church this Sunday. Uh, Santa will be available and it's going to be a great time. Talk to you all later. Have a good one. Merry Christmas.